Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Christmas is the season of giving, but it can be difficult to know who on your list wants what. Save yourself the guesswork by giving the gift of choice. Whether you're buying for the foodie, fashionista, or homebird of the family, they'll love a Dunn Stores gift card. They can choose from everything we have in-store and online, from fashion to homewares to groceries. It's the perfect choice to make this Christmas. Visit dunnstores.com for details. Make Christmas for everyone. Terms and conditions apply. Life's full of things we can't depend on, like the Irish weather, predictably unpredictable. When you're cutting it fine, but the tractor in front is out for the day. No winner of this week's you-know-what. So much for lucky seven. But some things you can depend on, like in home heating. Emo, Jones Oil and Campus Oil are now Certa, delivering the same warmth to your home now and into the future. For home heating you can depend on, see certaireland.ie. Ayula Ajaye was a sexual predator who aggressively pursued women, and if he didn't get what he wanted, he just took it. When that became not enough to satisfy him, he moved on to a more evil plan. This is Monsters. Ayula Ajaye was born in 1988 in Nigeria, and it looks like he moved to the United States in the fall of 2009. He was here on a student visa and began taking classes at Utah State University in Logan, Utah, about 85 miles or 136 kilometers north of Salt Lake City. While on campus, Ayula was approached by members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and showed great interest in the religion. He was baptized in October of the same year. In 2011, Ayula left Utah and spent some time in Dallas, Texas, where he got married to a woman named Tanisha Jenkins. It's not clear where the two lived or if the marriage was legitimate as opposed to an attempt to gain U.S. citizenship. People who attended the church with him said that he wanted to get married and he was a bit of a flirt. The U.S. Department of Immigration and Customs Enforcement, also known as ICE, doesn't release information about someone's immigration status, but they said that they do check for marriage fraud when someone applies for citizenship after a marriage. Again, it's unclear how long Ayula was in Texas, but eventually he came back to Salt Lake City. It seemed as though he and Tanisha were not living together any longer. In 2012, he was found loitering on the campus of Utah State, but was not a student. Campus police gave him a warning, and they reported that they thought he may have been homeless. At that point, the university contacted ICE and informed them that he was not taking classes any longer, which put him in violation of his student visa. 
now that he wasn't living with Tanisha, it must have made him ineligible for citizenship through marriage because in July of 2012, Ayula was arrested by campus police for receiving stolen property. He was caught using a stolen iPad to search for women online. He said that he was looking for someone to marry him so he wouldn't get kicked out of the country. He must have been desperate because Tanisha said in a later interview that he had threatened to kidnap and kill her if she didn't move to Utah with him. She also said that he once slashed her with a knife and she eventually went into hiding because she was afraid of him. After the arrest, Ayula was temporarily banned from the school. Between 2013 and 2014, Ayula lived in an apartment in North Logan. In November of 2014, a woman reported Ayula for rape to the North Park Police Department. The report said that Ayula had sent her a text message asking her to come to his house. After she arrived, he wanted to get physical and she said no. She told the police that she felt like she wasn't assertive enough, which no woman should ever have to feel. You said no, that was enough. She told police that she didn't want to press charges, but she wanted the attack on file in case he did the same thing to someone else. Ayula claimed online that he had been an information technology specialist in the United States Army from September of 2014 to June of 2016. Like most of what Ayula posted about himself online, this was not true. Ayula attempted to join the Utah Army National Guard at the beginning of 2015, but he never attended any training and was deemed to not meet medical procurement standards. He was discharged on June 10, 2015. Ayula began taking classes at Utah State again in the fall of 2015. He had reapplied to the school with a different immigration status, but the school didn't disclose what that was. Maybe he got some sort of temporary visa while in the beginning stages of the National Guard, but that's just speculation. Another embellishment that Ayula claimed about himself online was that he attended both Utah State University and London South Bank University. The school in London said they had no record of him ever attending, and there's no record of him ever being in England for that matter. He also claimed to be a model, which wasn't entirely true either. He had signed to talent agency Star's Talent Studio, who said he booked one modeling job in 2013, but didn't really take the career path seriously. The owner of the agency said he had a full-time job that made it hard for him to accept modeling jobs, and he eventually ended the contract. Ayula joined a singles club at the local LDS church, even though he was still legally married at the time. He took it upon himself to get contact info off of the church's registry and would contact women out of the blue. Just two weeks before the murder of Mackenzie Lewick, Ayula texted another woman, saying they had never spoke at church, but it was because he was just shy, and he asked if he could take her out. Fortunately, the woman said no thanks. A friend of the woman raised concerns that their personal information was readily available to anyone just because they were a member of the church. If Ayula hadn't accepted the rejection, he had access to the woman's address and could have easily attacked her at her home. In January of 2019, a divorce was finalized between Ayula and Tanisha, and it seems as though she was finally able to put the violent man in her rearview mirror for good. Mackenzie Lewick was born on October 26, 1996, in El Segundo, California, to Greg and Diana Lewick. She had three brothers, one older and two younger, and they all grew up in that area. She attended El Segundo High School, where she was on the swim team and played water polo. Mackenzie and some of her friends at school started a club to raise breast cancer awareness, something they said was a way to support important women's issues while also building an extracurricular resume for college applications. Mackenzie continued her philanthropic work when she joined the Alpha Chi Omega sorority at the University of Utah. 
the sorority focused their work on domestic violence awareness and prevention. At university, Mackenzie majored in pre-nursing and kinesiology. Kinesiology is the study of the human body's movements, and people who specialize it usually work to help patients recover from mobility issues. Interestingly enough, though raised in a practicing LDS family, Mackenzie began distancing herself from the church after moving to Salt Lake City. Mackenzie was taking a little longer than usual to complete her degree since she would sometimes reduce her class load to part-time so she could work more. Her friends at university said that she had had two serious boyfriends while in Salt Lake City, but they hadn't worked out and she was dating at the time of her murder. At the beginning of June of 2019, Mackenzie went back to El Segundo to attend a funeral for her grandmother. She arrived back in Salt Lake City on June 17th and took a lift from the airport to a park in Salt Lake City. It was there that she was seen getting into the car of Eula. She was never seen alive again. Eula had met a number of women on dating websites from Tinder to seeking arrangements. Eula claimed that his only purpose on the website was to meet people to chat with. He said that sometimes he needed people to talk to while he was having an anxiety attack. In 2018, one of those women happened to be Mackenzie, and it seemed that the two had been back in contact in June of 2019. Mackenzie had agreed to meet Eula when she returned from El Segundo in the early morning hours of June 17th. She took a lift from the airport to Hatch Park. The driver of the lift, who was briefly a person of interest before being quickly cleared, said it was a little unusual to drop someone off in a park at nearly 3 o'clock in the morning, but when he arrived in the parking lot, he parked next to a waiting car and transferred her luggage into the trunk of the other vehicle. Ayula took Mackenzie back to his house where he killed the young girl, burned her body in his backyard, and then buried her remains. Ayula rented his basement out on Airbnb, and a guest said that he was there when Ayula started burning stuff in the backyard. He said he saw pallets and an old door, but when the neighbor started yelling over the fence that she was going to call the fire department, he went back downstairs because he didn't want to be involved. Mackenzie was reported missing on June 20th. The police began their investigation by looking into the young woman's cell phone records. On June 20th, 2019, the Salt Lake City Police Department was notified of a missing, a missing person investigation for Mackenzie Luck. Investigations confirmed that on June 17th, Mackenzie departed a plane at the Salt Lake City Airport at approximately 2 a.m. Mackenzie obtained a ride via transport services to the, uh, to the destination of Hatch Park, located in North Salt Lake City. Mackenzie was dropped off by the transport services at the Hatch Park where another individual met with her. Mackenzie left the park with this individual at approximately 3 a.m. on June 17th. Investigations were conducted on Mackenzie's phone records, social media, and other communications, which showed that all communications ceased from Mackenzie at 3 a.m. on June 17th. Investigations into Mackenzie's phone showed that the, that the communications and data ceased at the time of June 17th at approximately 3 a.m. Investigation of Mackenzie's phone records show that her last communication were with the arrested person. According to Mackenzie's cell activity, the last person she had been in contact with was Ayula, so of course, they went and talked to him. This made Ayula nervous and he called a lawyer. Then, against the advice of that lawyer, he went down to the police station to try to prove that he couldn't have been with Mackenzie at the time of her disappearance. 
That's why I was freaking out and I started logging into everything. I even downloaded the whole security camera yeah. and I was going to bring it here just to prove that I was under the camera the whole time. <laughs> I was going to bring the whole hard drive of the whole security camera, but my lawyer told me that because you mentioned that the IP and everything that I should hold back. Okay. And she asked me to be careful what I share with you because then she said and it doesn't make sense for my IP to be showing. Okay. Yeah, I have a security camera in my living room. So and when I view it, I was there the whole time that night. And then just like I just showed you today, my baby mama was with me and she's pregnant. So he's come up with this plan to try to show that he's on his own security camera at the time of Mackenzie's disappearance. But he won't show that actual video to the detectives. He shows them a video from the day before where the surveillance camera at his front door catches him and a woman he claims is his baby mama, but that doesn't prove anything. He had claimed that he and Mackenzie had met online a long time ago and that she had texted him a question mark on the 16th. He texted her back, but she never answered. According to Ayula, that was the only correspondence they had. So you're still saying that that's the only text, that's the only messages you got from her, right? That I can remember. So but for her to just send me a question mark, so there's a possibility that I've talked to her in the past. So like, if I show you some of the messages, you will see that some people I reach out to them like two years ago, and then they just randomly just message me. So there's a possibility that if I go back two years, mm -hmm. I can reach out to my phone plan and then go back to like two years ago and back to that's when I signed up. And yeah, see. see all this, these dates right here, mm -hmm. the 17th, all these dates and times, the 16th when I told you, and mm -hmm. when you told me it's 6-12, all these messages are messaging her phone from your Wi-Fi, from your IP. Really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oops. Yeah, guess what, Ayula? Cell phone service providers log all the calls and texts you make. It's like he thought that the only place someone could see when he had texted Mackenzie was on his phone. Like there are actually people in the world who think that if they delete a text message or an email, it's gone for good. No, no, no. In the digital age, everything you do is being logged somewhere. We'll be right back. As someone who spends a lot of time online, I know the importance of internet security and the best place to get that is with NordVPN. If you want to keep your internet activity private, especially if you regularly use public Wi-Fi, a VPN is the way to go. But that's not the only benefit of a VPN. I can access content from over 59 different countries by changing my virtual location with one click. I live in the US, but with NordVPN, I could be anywhere in the world virtually and access content from those regions. This means I can watch Peaky Blinders early on UK streaming services. Also, if I'm outside the US, I still have access to all US streaming services. I'll never miss my favorite show again. Geo restrictions are now no longer an issue because you can change your remote location with one click. There's over 5,100 servers in 60 different countries. You can find a server near you for better speed or in a faraway location for more content. The speed is amazing. It's confirmed by speed tests. NordVPN is the fastest VPN out there. Go to nordvpn.com forward slash monsters or use code monsters to get 73% off your two-year plan plus four bonus months for free. Be quick because this offer is for a limited time only. It's equivalent to buying a cup of coffee every month, a small price to pay for premium cybersecurity and access to vast amounts of entertaining content. There's a 30-day money-back guarantee if NordVPN is not for you, so there's no risk. Go to nordvpn.com forward slash monsters.
he still won't show them this supposed video that proves that he was in his living room the night that Mackenzie disappeared. It's because he says his lawyer told him not to, but then he tells the detectives that the lawyer also told him not to go to the police station and volunteer to talk to them either. So it seems as though the only advice from his lawyer that he's following is to not give them the video that would clear him. Then he tries this. The last time, here's my front door. I don't know if you remember it. That's my front door. That's the front door camera. Remember that's daylight. This is what I'm talking about nighttime. Yeah, so that the last time is a motion sensor. Mm-hmm. The last time someone get up, get from the uh, come in, it's 9.58, 16, 9.58 p.m. And then it jumps to 6 a.m. in the morning. Right, and I, I have the same system. I can delete, I can pause it, you know. <laughs> yeah, you, but if you pause it, I can give you access to Vivint. I can, author, I can give you authorization and see if anything is deleted. Okay. And I also have the hard drive. I can give the hard drive to you. Okay. His big plan is to show that his motion-activated camera didn't get tripped between about 10 p.m. and about 6 a.m. the next morning. Never mind the fact that you can turn the camera off, you can delete segments, you can go in and out of a different door. You know what they say about bad stories in Swiss cheese? There's plenty of them in the sea. At least that's what my grandpa always said. He offers to give investigators authorization with Vivint, the home security company, so they can check the surveillance records. Now, at this point, Ayula is not under arrest. He came in voluntarily, so he's free to go. The detectives ask him if they can make a copy of the contents of his cell phone, but he says he needs to talk to his lawyer first. If she says it's okay, he'll come back the next day and let them make a copy. It sounds like Ayula did bring his phone to the police and allow them to copy the contents, and once they used his location data to place him in Hatch Park at the same time as Mackenzie, they were able to get a search warrant for his home. During the search, Ayula has an Airbnb customer staying in his basement. The man had been there since before Mackenzie's disappearance. Could you imagine staying in an Airbnb and finding out that the owner had killed someone upstairs and burned their body while you were there? I hope he got a refund. After searching the home, they found some evidence that raised questions and Ayula was detained and brought to the police station for further questioning. He sat in the interrogation room for about seven hours, adamantly denying that he had ever met Mackenzie, let alone killed her. Even after the investigator presented him with all of the location data and text messages from both his and Mackenzie's phones, Ayula just claimed it was a glitch. AJ, I just told you that your phone records and the location put you up at the meet. You think honestly and expect me to believe that you ended that conversation and somehow you and her and her location end up in the exact same spot? Oh, I'm not doubting you. If I see that too, if I'm in your case, I would be asking myself, what are you asking me right now? It's not a miraculous question. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Okay. Stuff doesn't just happen. No. Yes, I agree with you. I'm telling you to explain that. And so far, you have not. Well, how do I explain something I don't know? Are you saying you don't know or you don't remember? Because those are two different things, AJ. When asked about the fire in his backyard, he claimed that he sometimes killed goats and sheep and made soup out of them. When he was asked if he killed Mackenzie, he claimed he couldn't kill anything, not even a fish. He actually told the detective that he cried any time one of his pet fish died. 
Then the detective asked him, what about the goats? And Ayula said that they were for food, so it was different. Yeah, fuck those goats. Ayula was allowed to leave the police station at about 5.15am on the 27th, but he wasn't allowed back into his own home, so he went and stayed at a friend's apartment. He wouldn't be there long, though, because investigators had uncovered evidence that proved Ayula had murdered Mackenzie. During a search warrant on the arrested person's residence and property on June 26th, the arrested person's neighbors informed detectives that they observed, observed him burning something in his backyard with the use of gasoline on the dates of June 17th and June 18th. The search warrant resulted in the findings of a fresh dig area on his property which is the same area that the arrested person was reported burning something. A forensic excavation of the burn area was conducted, which resulted in the finding of several charred items that were consistent with personal items of McKinsey Lueck. Other charred material was located, which has now been forensically, has been determined to be female human tissue. A DNA profile of that human tissue was obtained during forensic testing by the Utah State Lab. That DNA profile was compared and is consistent with the DNA profile obtained through further forensic testing of personal items of Mackenzie Lueck. On June 28th, a SWAT team got into position around the apartment complex and a detective called Ayula, asking him to come outside and talk to him. Ayula refused, claiming he was only trying to help them, but they twisted everything he said and used it against him. He said, quote, If you're not trying to arrest me, then I don't want to talk to you. End quote. Then the detective informed him that he was, in fact, trying to arrest him. Ayula asked if he had an arrest warrant, and the detective answered yes. Ayula agreed to come outside where he was arrested by the SWAT team without incident. Investigators went back to the location data on Ayula's phone and recovered information that put him near the Jordan River in North Salt Lake City. Ayula eventually told his lawyer where he had buried Mackenzie's body, and authorities used that information along with his cell data to narrow their search area. An area of disturbed soil was discovered, and when authorities excavated a small section, they uncovered human remains. When everything was dug up, they found a body along with Mackenzie's purse and student ID. DNA confirmed the remains belonged to Mackenzie. An autopsy revealed that Mackenzie died from blunt force trauma to the head. When her remains were examined, there was a small hole in the left side of her head from an impact that caused a fatal brain hemorrhage. In October, Ayula finally admitted that he had planned to murder Mackenzie before he even met up with her. He turned off his surveillance system and picked her up at Hatch Park. Then he took her back to his house where he strangled and beat her, burned her body, and buried it in his backyard. After becoming a suspect, he dug her body up and moved it to Logan Canyon where he reburied it near the Jordan River. During the investigation, a building contractor came forward saying Ayula contacted him and he went out to his house to discuss a project. What Ayula wanted was a soundproof secret room under his front porch that had a high-tech thumbprint lock on it. He told the contractor that he was going to use the room to listen to music really loud and to hide alcohol from his LDS girlfriend, but then he asked if he could have large hooks mounted up high on the concrete walls. The contractor said he felt uncomfortable about the whole thing and turned the job down. Another person who came forward was a woman who was hired to clean his house who said she quit after seeing all of the cameras he had inside the home. She said there was a camera in every room and multiple in the bedroom, all pointed at the bed. 
She said that when he hired her, he asked her to bring her 12-year-old daughter with her. She said she got a major Ted Bundy vibe and felt it wasn't safe around him, so she backed out of the job. While investigating McKenzie's murder, information was uncovered that Ayula had also kidnapped and raped a woman in 2018. After seeing images of Ayula on the news, a woman came forward reporting that she had a dinner date with the man, but while they were watching television, he began forcefully kissing her. When she attempted to get away from him, he pinned her down and bit her three times, leaving bite marks on her body before raping her. He was charged with aggravated kidnapping and three counts of forcible sexual assault. If that wasn't enough, Ayula was also dealing with a third set of charges pertaining to the discovery of numerous pornographic images of children on his computer during the investigation. The pictures allegedly depicted children between the ages of 4 and 8 years old. On October 7, 2020, Ayula Ajaye accepted a plea deal in exchange for removing the death penalty as a possibility. He pleaded guilty to first-degree aggravated murder and desecration of a corpse in McKenzie's case and received life in prison without the possibility of parole, plus five years. At the same time, he also pleaded guilty to second-degree forcible sexual abuse in the 2008 rape case and had up to 15 years added to his sentence. Since he was already sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole, the prosecutor dropped the child pornography charges. With everything that was discovered during the investigation, it seems that Ayula Ajaye was likely a serial killer in the making. He will spend the rest of his life in prison, which is exactly where he belongs. If you're the victim of domestic abuse, please reach out to someone for help. Please talk to your local battered women's shelter or call the National Domestic Abuse Hotline at 1-800-799-SAFE. That's 1-800-799-7233. Or you can go to thehotline.org to chat with someone online. The great thing about this website is that, at any time, hitting the escape key twice will take you to a Google search page. That way, if your abuser is nearby, you won't get caught looking for help. If you're having feelings of harming yourself or someone else, or even just need someone to talk to, please contact your local mental health facility, call 911, or call Mental Health America, who operate the National Suicide Prevention Hotline at 1-800-273-TALK. That's 1-800-273-8255. They're available 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, and will talk to you about any mental health issue you might be facing. Thanks so much for listening to this podcast. You can subscribe or follow the show to ensure you don't miss an episode, and you can leave us a rating on whatever podcast app you use. If you'd like to support the show, you can do that by checking out our merchandise at Teespring. You can also discuss the channel and the episodes on our subreddit, r forward slash thisismonsters. You can find more ways to support our show and how to find us on social media by visiting thisismonsters.com. Thanks again, and be safe. Life's full of things we can't depend on, like the Irish weather, predictably unpredictable. When you're cutting it fine, but the tractor in front is out for the day. No winner of this week's you-know-what. So much for Lucky 7. But some things you can depend on, like in home heating. Emo, Jones Oil and Campus Oil are now CERTA, delivering the same warmth to your home now and into the future. For home heating you can depend on, see CERTAIreland.ie. Shrink your Christmas bill at Dunn Stores. Delicious free-range 4-kilo Irish turkeys are just $39.99. And incredible unsmoked centre-cut Irish ham is now just $13.59 for 2.75 kilos. That's 20% off. 
King Prawn Cocktail and Oak and Peat Cold Smoked Salmon are just €6. Plus, with our 10 or 50 grocery voucher, you save even more. Dunn Stores. Make Christmas for everyone. Terms and conditions apply. Vouching abused to next grocery shop of €50 or more.